guys, this is Priscilla, your wonderful host of Pure Lunacy, and I have my wonderful guest, Monica Arroyo. Uh, we've known each other for, oh gosh, over a decade, um, and Monica is a great source, a wealth of knowledge. She has worked in various states. She's worked in Texas. She's worked in D.C. She's worked in Florida, um, in Puerto Rico. Uh, her experience is across, you know, all borders. She's worked for Republicans. She's worked for Democrats. She now is a policy analyst. Um, she continues the good fight. And y'all welcome her. Say hello, Monica. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Lunacy friends. <laughs> yes, welcome. Thank, Thank you for, you for having me. Thank you. For We've been talking about this for years, so I'm actually really glad that this is happening. Yes, Monica, you were actually, you know, one of the people that I started lunacy with, pure lunacy in undergrad. Oh my God, I know. It's been, it's been way, way that long, and I'm so glad that you're still doing this. Absolutely. So let's just jump in there. Um, a lot of things have been happening. Uh, one of the things that I read about current events is that they're not really calling this the Great Recession or a Great Depression. They're calling it the Great Repression in regards to how it's affecting our economy. What are you thinking about everything that's happening? What are your thoughts? So, so before we start like with the bad stuff, let me... <laughs> Give a quick shout out to all our amazing uh, frontline. We have like really close friends that, and including my amazing husband. They're they they're working in the ER. Um, so my heart goes out to them. Um, yeah. Thank you for all you do, um, essential workers. Without you, um, you're the backbone of our society. So thank you for like thank you for showing up like really yeah. um with the economy uh <laughs> so it, it's gonna get worse before it gets better it'll get better um i think one of the first things that you learn in econ in economics is that like everything is cyclical so this will pass but before side note, side note, Monica does have a degree in economics. So listen, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> so, so before before it gets better, um, the numbers are kind of scary, um, and <clears throat> we base everything on perception. And everyone's really scared right now. There's a lot of insecurity. We uh, we need more information. We don't have enough. So right now with the numbers, like unemployment, it's uh it's gonna be millions. a big deal. In the millions. Yeah, it like it went from three percent to twenty in two months. Snap. So this is gonna be a challenge. Um not <laughs> on a federal level but on a state as well. And local level. It's gonna, it's gonna hit the local. It hit everything. Um, um, so yeah, it, it's gonna be tough. Um, the gig economy. We we were talking about this yesterday. Yeah. Our friends in healthcare are being affected. Their um, hours are being cut, but more or less, some jobs are more stable than others. 
Yeah. And and even if those jobs go away, um, they 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 will get there. Um, they will get those back um, in tech as well. Uh, yeah. But we were we were uh, a bit worried about a couple of industries, and that in, that included the service industries, um, restaurants, a lot of retail, small. And I think we need to be honest that we're living in a new normal, almost uh, very similar to the new normal that we lived in after 9/11. Nothing nothing went back to normal after 9-11. It was no, a new normal. This is a and new think, normal. And we're going to have a new normal. We're going to have a new normal now after Corona. Um, and JetBlue just announced, like, like Sino, JetBlue just announced that um, I think from May 4th, they're mm -hmm. going to uh, allow only passengers that are wearing face masks. Really? That, so we're we're becoming so, like, it's it's starting like this yeah. is starting, you know a bunch of new protocols just uh, for traveling and maybe for retail maybe for concerts like extrapolate yeah. this for everything like um, changing and and I'll be honest I don't think that the virus will go away completely I think it's gonna calm down in the summer and I think that we're gonna have a second wave come fall and I don't believe we'll have a virus within the year um so our economy is just taking a direct hit um and there's no way around it uh you can't just say open everything back up go back to normal because then everything just collapses again and people get infected and our health system is overloaded and we're back at square one it's like uh, your your zoom like either way between a hard, it's a pandemic, you know, and, and it's horrible. Um, I know a lot of people are suffering, a lot of people are <laughs> millions are sick. I think the number hit three million, yeah. So, um, today, I think, uh, the reported number of cases of, of death in the United States is 52,000, yeah. Um, so those are it's like an evolving uh -huh. virus. It's it's evolving and it's not stagnant in terms of these are you know the symptoms. This is what you get. Bada bing, bada boom, we're done. This Edgar Edgar was telling me yesterday that he was reading. Edgar's my husband. He's an ER physician, and he was telling me yesterday that um, he read an article where. Some of the symptoms might be showing us like strokes or like it's scary. There are like 30 different types already. Some yes. people are symptomatic. Some so people. Many, so many different strains. Here we are thinking, oh, we got this one strain coming from China and that's it. But it's just it's branched off. It's kind of like exploded. So that's why it's extremely important for everyone to keep following the guidelines for safety because since this is an evolving issue yeah. and um, and uh, we we need to to keep each other safe. Right. Um, but I know I know that people need to eat. Um, this has caused a disruption in the food industry. Yeah. From the top of the people supplying food to everyone that needs it in the bottom. Um, They're euthanizing the animals because they don't have a way to get the food 
to the consumer. And there's an issue right now that like a lot of people uh, depend on school. A lot of kids depend on schools to get to get food um, and they're not open. Um, some states are opening a couple of schools, not all of them. Right. We've seen the lines of people with meat of food. And I think that something that's interesting, I guess, as an academic in in studying uh, policy and studying these kind of things, one of the perceptions that people get is that when it comes to poverty in America, it affects minorities. And that's just about it. And what we're seeing is all communities are dealing with poverty in America and all communities are having to address the reality of that poverty in this pandemic and how they can sustain themselves, how they can feed their families, how they can keep a roof over their heads. And I think it's going to completely change, turn our policy system upside down, turn it on its head um, to try not only and address COVID, but to prevent another crisis due to a pandemic in America. Um, I agree. I just. I agree. Yeah. And, and one of the things I've noticed, because um, we're both Latina, <laughs> I'm Brazilian, you're Puerto Rican, um, is our Latin community, which is a very large community in America. Um, it's very diverse. We have a lot of countries when it comes to Latin Americans. Um, we don't take it seriously. <laughs> As, as a whole. Um, well, I, I'm going to speak specifically about Puerto Ricans because I want to be fair in this. Um, like, we've taken it very seriously. Yeah, okay. Um, in Puerto Rico, they were, um, I think, like, to be, to be straight with the, with the lingo. Like, the first state was California, but I think before the California, the first territory in the United States that did their part and um, applied uh, stay-at-home regulations and protocols was Puerto Rico. They did a good job. Puerto Rico is a U.S. territory, y'all. Puerto Ricans are American citizens. citizens. They are part of America. It is not another country. We've, we've been part of the United States since 1917. Yes. I hope I said that right, because if, if not, it's going to be... <laughs> we'll correct it later. We'll do we'll some edit. No, I'm sure, I'm sure. Um, yeah. It's been, on, it's been over well, 100 years. So let me rephrase myself. A lot of Latin Americans in Texas, I, in my opinion, have not been taking it as seriously. Um, and... Unfortunately, it's negatively affected the the Latin community in that a lot of Latin folks have gotten infected and they weren't prepared. And um, it, it's very much affected the, the population here in, in Texas, at least. I, I want to say that there is also a lack of information in Spanish for the Latin community. And we don't all express ourselves the same way. We don't receive information the same way. So there needs to be a coordinated uh, way to communicate with the Latin population uh, individually in each community. And of course, that's a very tough job. 
Um, it requires a lot. Um, I'm not going to say names, but for example, in the, um, before the last election, uh, we had a, a state senator that didn't have any uh, Spanish speaking uh, staff. And that's unacceptable, especially in moments like this, you see the, the need of public officials to communicate with everyone, not just, not just in English anymore. And, and I think that that's the key, you know, uh, and I, I know that there's going to be people that are going to say, well, this is America, you should learn English, and that's how it is. And I get, and I, 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 get under, that. I understand that, but there are large communities that are being negatively affected by this pandemic who do not speak English. And with that in mind, we can't allow those communities to be ignorant to the reality of the dangers Even because we believe that people should speak English, you know? If American populations have been greatly impacted by this, I've been, I've been, I've seen massive protests of Native Americans wearing leaves, like wearing um, like plastic bottles. They don't know what to wear to be able to protect themselves and they don't have enough information. So... I, I understand the, um, I understand, but at this point, it's like a public safety thing, you know? It's but not, it's not political, it's safer if everyone knows that they need to stay home, that they need to wash their hands, that they need to follow uh, new rules, and it's better if we all know what we're supposed to do and not everyone has the same understanding there you go and not everybody has the same understanding i think that's the key i think that most people don't realize that not everybody thinks like you so you have to be able to get the message out so that everybody can have a a comprehensive understanding of what's going on not everybody's going to have the capability of comprehending things in the same manner or as eloquently or whatever it is uh, and you, but you can't ignore those communities either because those communities are going to be the ones that are hit the hardest. Yeah, and and to be honest, those are the communities that can't afford it. That mm-hmm. uh, usually lack resources, that are lagging in um, wages. So we see a disparity in how um, crises affect um, minorities. And the data reflects that. It's not something that we're making up. Yeah. So, of course, we know that it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough position for the government to be in. Um, but the least that we should require from our governments is to be transparent and to have clear information for everyone. Exactly. And if at least they can provide that, uh, we will all be safer. Right. And unfortunately, the centralization of information is so different for every state that the complexity of everything. Like, I've been watching um, all the news conferences from the different states. 
and everyone's giving their own information so it's crazy and it, it also shows i think it also shows that this virus because it's so novel because it's so new nobody really knows or has a full 100 percent grasp of everything so they're just they're going with what they know from what they've gathered from what they've been briefed on and that's what we're going to go with right now and if it changes tomorrow great but we need to do something now and I don't think people understand how this is all like you know within a few seconds you can learn something new that you need to do and you move forward from there but to be honest and and you need reliable information and we're not receiving it from the federal level um, some states are being more negligent, more, um, negligent. Yes. Thank you. Than others. So it's, I don't know what to tell you. Like, we you should can say it. This is pure lunacy. Just say it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough. I, I've been in government, and to be honest, the coordination of resources with needs, it's its a tough position to be in. Um, Puerto Rico experienced it during Maria, and Florida, we experienced it during Irma and Maria. Um, there are many communities like that are totally destroyed still, yeah. and that was two years ago. So... There are communities that were hit really hard, and, and we've seen that globally, Bree. It's not just, we're, let's not just go to United States. Like, I, how does this affect Australia that just had, I don't know how many wild, miles of wildfire right. in their country? Like, there's... It's, it's a global... It, it's called a global pandemic. A process. Yes. And this is a tough hit um for a lot of communities and uh, the people that were wealthy that had that had liquidity they're gonna be fine um uh, they're probably making money the man and woman will be the 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 mom and pop shops the entrepreneurs those the, the middle class uh Our retired citizens Boomers, depending on their retirement, that they were supposed Nobody's to retire. Nobody's talking about that, you know? Yeah. No, security, we need to take care of our retired citizens, and it's not coming up for conversation as we provide all this relief. That's great, but I know for a fact that you're double dipping into what should be also relief for our retired citizens. How are we going to take care of them? Social Security is already saying that they only have funds to go through 2026. That's going to hit especially hard Florida it's it's you know we can't turn our backs on we can't turn our backs on our elderly we can't turn our backs on our kids so how do you mitigate something like this how do you address it so I think there needs to be an organized and coordinated method to to who distribute and collect data Without it, there's no way you can provide the necessary resources for the communities. Like, if you have no information, like, you'll keep providing to the same communities, like, is what you're saying. And one of the, 
not issues, because you've been a researcher, I've been a researcher, and one of the issues that I've noticed when it comes to data that have been a bit complex with um, this pandemic is due to HIPAA protections and HIPAA protections protecting the the rights of people who have been infected. Um, they they don't want to say where where that person worked or. Uh, where that person, what you know, neighborhood they lived in, and one of the issues is becoming okay. You won't give us any information about where they're from, city, location, nothing. So how do you then prepare those who may have come into contact with that person if, due to HIPAA law, you must not give any information whatsoever? I think what we're going to see is we're going to have to revise that concept of privacy when it comes to um, But the way to go around it is just asking people if they're okay for them to release certain information so that they're they're I'm sure that everyone that is affected by this right now wants to be counted. Yes. So just the way of going around that is just asking people if they're more than willing and able to like say that. Yeah. And I would think it should be standard practice, but I agree. It's not. And it's like, Oh my gosh. Our data is collected and is used for a lot of things that we don't even agree to. And to this, this is something we all agree to that. I don't want you to release specifically my name, but if there is information that will help my community be a safer place, of course that should be public. And yeah, I think we're going to have to have a serious uh, revision of a lot of different policies that we have in place because it's clear that it does not function in today's society, in our civilization, our coordinated efforts to combat something that's bigger than, uh, you know, ideology. This is life. This is going to um, change every industry. Like, um, for, for, for my friends that are lawyers, like, I know that everyone's asking for liability extensions, that includes housing, that includes um, nursing homes, that includes hospitals and doctors. Like, I'm seeing it everywhere. Yeah. So that's another change that's coming. Um, I I hope that as we see the changes of our social setting, that those changes are reflected in our Congress. And I say it in this manner because there are people who are in Congress, and I've said this a few times in Pure Lunacy, but there are people who have been in Congress for decades and they don't change. A leopard doesn't change its spots. And after something like this, we need to change some spots on some leopards or they- They're looking at you. I don't know who you're talking about specifically, but you know. right here you know you know that we're talking about you because because you can't keep doing the same thing over and over again and expect a different result that's insanity it's not pure lunacy it's insanity (laughs) i I just just, um i want 
to just say this. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure, like, if if I've like, we've been talking for way too long. No, but, of course not. But I want to say this. Yeah. Right now, it's especially important for everyone to vote. So please, we as uh, I'm I'm asking as a as a citizen that I'm expecting for my state for for other states to accommodate for mail voting and other safe ways that encourage voting instead of voter suppression. Everyone needs to vote in this election. It's extremely important to vote. Like there's no way everyone should stay at home. So it's what you're saying. We need to go and vote. So I'm expecting from all public servants right now to I know that this is a crisis and you're focusing on this, yeah. but you're Focus can't be just one-sided. You need to be doing and juggling a couple of things at the same time. And we have elections in November. We have primaries before that. So there needs to be a primary election for the rest of our lives. If yeah. this is going to be an issue, we need to find better ways and more efficient for everyone to participate and be safe. And this is the time. It's not 2024. It's not later on. It's like everyone should be focusing on this now. And that's why I say everything about our system, everything about how we function is changing. School is changing. You know, grad school, law school, we're starting to see that internet is a utility, not a luxury. Um, and when it comes to, to voting, We're going to have to reimagine and recalculate and reconsider how we as Americans have voting and encourage voting instead of suppression. It, we're literally, we're at a point in time in our American history where we're at a paradigm shift. And everything we do is being put under the spotlight, especially because of coronavirus. R the Rona has changed everything. <laughs> it has. It really has. Um, it's not only the economy, it's our psyche. Like, I, I go out and I, I'm trying not to. I go out the least possible. Uh, when I do, like, everyone's scared. You see everyone wearing face masks. Like, I try to stay away from people. Um... Which and, is strange because I like to just hug to keep people, like not people. just myself. Like I don't know. Like no one knows if they're a carrier. So is this is irresponsible right now not to act like if you're not. You know, we all need to be acting like we have coronavirus. And we should be like washing our hands. We should be like if we need to go out and we're asymptomatic and we're not feeling bad, we should still be staying away from other people. Um, and taking those precautions that will keep us and others safe. Right. And I think that this is also where we see uh, a challenge to our framework. And um, we're a capitalist country. Um, it, it has functioned excellently. And we have a lot of things that are privatized. And our government um, is, is a centralized government, but it doesn't have... Um, heavy 
duty functions at the federal level. And what I think as an academic, I believe that we may start to see a challenge to how much authority the federal level should have and um, how much of a responsibility they have in maintaining social order during a crisis. Um, because, yeah, we should all act like, you know, we, we have it and we should all, you know, take precautions and we, we shouldn't be going out. And how do we maintain that message with people who within this capitalist society and framework to function, to exist, need to work and need to be out there. So I, I completely understand the people that need to work. Right. So my whole family is, is working. My husband is working. But. It is extremely important for, for corporations to take responsibility for the safety of their employees. And it takes me off that these corporations applied for the small business loans and received millions. And we're just finding out now of a few. You know what I say? This is what I say. When this is all said and done, I want a list. I want a list of we every major multi-million plus dollar industry corporation that has accepted money that was supposed to go to small businesses, make a blacklist and check it twice and send it out. And you know what? Americans come together and boycott. We're going to boycott manufacturing in China or we're going to boycott these corporations who took advantage of dollars that should have gone to small businesses in America. Thank you. <laughs> But what I'm concerned, Bree, is mm -hmm. that, like, so this obviously is, like, a stimulus package that is not going to the right people. Um, because they're finding the loopholes, and they have the attorneys. They always do. They're they the, the, they are they the ones writing the law, Bree. <laughs> you, know, you know they're checking checking all the bills before like they get approved you know they are yeah, they, they have their lobbyists of course they do so like they are the ones like writing what is being implemented um so congress is there to represent the people corporations are not the people it makes really? it makes me want to growl I, what scares me, and this is a horrible prediction, but I'm going to go like full Andrew Yang on this. Um, I've been reading a lot. I, I was talking about data. So I've been reading a lot about AI and the use of artificial intelligence in uh, corporations. And for the past five years, the changes have been astronomical in the way corporations are using data and machine learning to apply their to apply it to their processes um, one of my concerns is that with all of these it's going to accelerate even more of that process to the so that at some point we're not gonna need as much human resources as as they used to yeah um so that's a change that i see that it's it's going it's to happening. happen especially now that 
corporations are closing because people are getting sick. So how do you reopen? Well, getting rid of people, like, you know? Get rid of people. So we need Robots to Robots don't careful. get sick unless it's the Matrix. <laughs> I know these loans were attached to employment mm -hmm. and utility bills and all that stuff. But I want Congress and our public servants to be... Uh, aware of that this is something that is going to happen and this it's, is an econ economic contraction <laughs> uh it's gonna long term for a while hmm? yes this we're gonna feel this for a long time i think that the economic crash that we're feeling now is the tip of the iceberg i think i read in a report that we were gonna feel this over a decade oh absolutely just like the Great Recession. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, we still were feeling it. The economy was booming before Rona. Gonna. And, and we were still feeling the effects of of the recession. And now we have the Great Repression. And we're the children that are growing up today will be feeling the effects of, of this of this pandemic. I just want to say, I know, and I know, and I'm, I'm concerned about that, but I want to send a lot of love to everyone that's in their homes, and to be honest, you're doing the right thing um, by staying safe. Um, if at some point you feel, my, my if, if you're feeling um, sad and you're feeling anxious and you're stressed out we all understand the world is going through this process with you yes. please please uh, I should have had like many uh, resources right now to say this but please put it in the post please please look for like your local communities um, to to yeah. nonprofit organizations Look for information. A lot of organizations are providing services for free for people that are in need right now. So don't feel like you're alone. At the, like we're all experiencing. We're together. Yeah, we're all experiencing the effects of the coronavirus, and we need to be um, be there for each other. So it, that's extremely important. And uh, the other thing is, if you're home right now. Please use your time wisely if you want to learn something new, read a book, take a class. Free classes online. We use Coursera a lot. It's a great source. I don't know if we can put a link of a couple of um, websites that give free classes. Um, it's a great time to just like spend time of, on those things that you've always wanted to do. Mm -hmm. uh, keep yourself entertained as much as possible. So, because this is going, this is cyclical. It yeah. will go away. It will get better. Everything, it's going to be a new normal. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be fine. We just need to uh, be there for one another. It's really important right now. Um, it's not uh, being socially distant, it's being physically distant. So, we'll be together. 
So yeah, that's that's really important. I, I also want to send love to all the people that were supposed to graduate now in May. Yes. My my brother was supposed to graduate. Well, he's graduating, but there, there won't be a graduation for the University of Maryland. Um, he was doing a PhD in pharmacy, and I'm extremely proud of him. And um, it's sad that we won't be able, yeah, to go celebrate him. But a shout out to everyone that's graduating. My cousin's a senior in high school as well. So It's the new normal, but whenever we do get back to it, um, we'll get together and we will all celebrate. And yeah. And we'll all be happy and hug. And get, get creative. I don't know what you guys have been doing, but I have this sensational friend that... Um, She's been planning an escape room theme birthday party for his husband, for her, her husband. And like, she's doing a Western theme and like, she's been sending. So it's time to like, get creative, do fun stuff in the kitchen. Yeah. That's, that's the American way, right? Like play board games. Good or bad, we make it out. We'll survive. Yeah. YOLO. We'll survive. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, Priscilla. I'm extremely proud of you. Really. I'm proud of you. And uh, all the assistance and policy um, guidance. And you're going to be one of the top tier professionals in policy influence in America. I know it is your path. You're, you're too sweet. Yes. So, thank uh, you. And for those of uh, for those of you that are thinking about running, please run. Please do. We need do, do it. Do it. Do, do it. it. We need representation. We we'll need be here for you. Yes. Really. Do it. Yes. Thank you, Priscilla. Thank Stay you safe. so much. Stay healthy. I yes. love you. Thank you for having me. And, for and next time we'll try and do one in Espanol para la gente que necesita por favor necesitamos uno en español definitivamente if your lunacy needs to go bilingual. Yo hablo español terrible. Yo soy brasileña pero hablo español. O sea, mi español es Spanglish. Y cuando hablo contigo que confundo más palabras sí. de otros idiomas, así que está muy bien, está bien. Thank muy bien. you. I love you. Love Bye. You.